0: This is your friendly Tuesday morning radio host, Debbie Higgs, here with you on KDUR Durango 91.9 FM and 93.9 FM, also streaming online at kdur.org. This Tuesday morning for Off the Rim, we're here connecting campus to community and community to the campus. On this show, I interview Fort Lewis College students and faculty, highlight goings on around campus, And take a look at what Skyhawks are up to. So wake up and take a listen. For the next 30 minutes, you will hear from Kristen Alexandra. She is the host of Four Corners Art Forum, another show on KDUR. How awesome is that? We actually took the opportunity to interview each other. So you may have already caught her interview with me on Four Corners Art Forum. You can consider this. A continuation of that conversation. Here we go.
1: I'm nervous, but it's been such a fun conversation so far. So, yeah, yeah. It,
0: it's
1: um, not quite as easy as it turning
0: the microphone around. It's it's funny to do both. So, can you introduce yourself to the listeners for Off the Rim who were with us this morning?
1: Yes, Karen Off the Rim. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Kristen Alexandria. I am a producer and host of Four Corners Art. Um, That's been my mainstay on KDR for the past two years, Monday mornings, 9 a.m. It's a show about creativity and community of the Four Corners. And it's been so much fun to host and to be a part of um, this side of the conversation, generally on the other side of the mic, conducting interviews and doing a lot of listening and sharing together. So... What can you tell us about Four Corners Art Forum? How long have you been hosting the show? How did you get involved with it? Sure, yes. I love those questions. So um, I moved to Durango as a social worker, really intense job working with survivors of intimate partner violence. Um, That was full-time. So on my off time, I was new to the area by way of Santa Fe and... um, had been coming to Durango for a while. And when I would visit family members that were here, I would just automatically shift the presets to 91.9 because it was the best commercial free music. And a big way that I got to know Durango was by getting lost and driving in the wrong directions up 160 or just kind of taking that time to decompress and hiking. Um, And generally a tune into KDR was somewhere Um, kind of aligned with that journey. And then when the DJ meeting came about in May of my first year here, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go to the meeting and I'm probably not, I don't know what, I don't know what's going to happen. So let's just go to the meeting. The meeting was really fun. Um, Liggett and John were so personable and I decided to write down, I have availability from three to six on Friday afternoons, um, pitched a show called Communiversity, which looking back was kind of silly since Fort Lewis is a college, but the idea for the premise of the show was connecting the college and the um, greater kind of four corners area, which is synchronistic because that was a very foundational part of how 4 came to be. Um, But to back up to that show, it was Friday afternoons, and I was very excited. I immediately um, rounded up some people that I knew, and I wanted to interview them and share their story. And mind you, I hadn't really been on the radio since high school when I did an internship with NPR. So I didn't really know the setup of the college, and it was totally on a whim. Um, And Lynch was like, Um, love the concept but like let's scale back and let's get a couple episodes in like let's just learn how to press the buttons first and had so much fun DJing that summer and um, when the summer ended I was in literal tears I will admit um, because the radio had been such a highlight of just kind of reframing the week and jumping into a segment of the community that from um, where I was working in the social work world um, felt very different from that kind of connection of um, music and reading the PSAs on air and answering the phone and, you know, playing people's requests that was just like I felt elated the entire kind of experience was just like a full energy, full body experience. And so I was bummed when the semester ended. Um, I couldn't DJ at that slot for fall. And so I didn't really know what was going to happen. Um, and I sort of took a few weeks off and then, um, like it came back with the forecast opening that this show, which had been on air for 20 years needed a host. Um, it was about the Four Corners area about art and creativity, and immediately it resonated, and so I've been really, really thankful. And it truly feels like a very synchronistic connection of how it came to be because this was the kind of show that I had been hoping to host um, before I really knew what I was doing. And I will say I'm still learning what I'm doing. I still get nervous, um, but it's you know now two years down the line, and we've shift from the studio to Zoom, which has been so much fun to hang out with artists in their studio. And sometimes the show is live jumping on, you know, at 858 onto Zoom and hoping that the internet is great on the Hill and hoping that it all comes together and not really knowing how the conversation will flow as a fire sign. Like I live for that, I live for the unexpected. So it's been really great. And I think a big part of it, um, has, been so healing, especially to live through um, um, the pandemic and the sort of cultural shift that we're experiencing for has been really grounding. So a very long answer to your question, but that's some kind of of the backbone of how um, I came to participate with the show and some of those intersections and kind of serendipitous moments.
0: I love it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I think it's synchronistic for us too, because the show off the rim is really about the college and different connections with the community. And then we both have these backgrounds in advocacy. So it just, it, it seems to say something about the need to find balance and the need to find outlets and have a voice. So I'd love to hear about your relationship with art yourself. You interview all these different artists on the show and I follow you on Instagram it seems like you're pretty keyed in to those communities of of art and music but what about for yourself
1: so when the show came about I think it was October of 2019 I was in a pretty strong creative rut um, I you know the year had started off pretty intensely with professional work and I was like awesome this show is going to inspire with new perspectives new visions new creative mediums Um, and I really was like yes like hopefully this will kind of answer how to hone it in because I'm a multimedia artist Um, I love music I love a lot of different things but it's hard to rein it in and there's projects that I've been working on um, in visual arts that I have a painting that I'm looking at right now that I've been with for like five years just adding different layers to it and so jumping into forecast felt like this is great I get to ask questions that I'm kind of wrestling with without any answers, um, such as creative process, rituals, um, spirituality and the intersection of art and creativity, um, just sort of things that I was really asking the universe for a mentor for at that point. And I will admit that I think if you listen to this show, you probably heard me say a few episodes ago on the episode, The Art of the Creative Spirit, this might be my last episode because I have loved the show, um, but I also have kind of gotten into a flow with art again. And so At a certain point this fall, I was like, man, like I'm interviewing all of these amazing artists, but I'm kind of lacking in my own practice. And so maybe if I stepped away from the radio and like really gotten my space and gotten my zone, I would sort of hone in the next step, which for me, I'm working on a book right now. And from what I've heard reinforced by forecath, Everyone says that a book is a process and it's years. And so I don't know what I was thinking with maybe leaving forecath. It's not happening because I'm way too attached to the show. Um, But it was a really pivotal moment of looking at my own processes and advocating for you know, ritual or advocating for doing something creative every day and kind of needing to check myself with how that comes into play um, when you have so many different things going on. And so there's this analogy of the helping balloon and it's kind of based on the principle that you've got five fingers, you might have a job, a family, a relationship, an artistic practice or a hobby, um, and you might volunteer and you might have all these different things that you like. So what are those five kind of core tenets of who you are? Because that's what's going to ground your balloon. And once you start adding all these different things, um, too many kind of fingers up, the balloon might fly away. And so it's an analogy that another social worker um, explained to me. And I, I was like, yeah, like that's that's what it is. And so I didn't really anticipate that 4 would become um, so foundational to the lens in which I view the Four Corners area and participate in the community. But two years in, the two are definitely linked. And um, I really enjoy the connections and the conversations that have come about especially being newer in the community, um, it really seems like a testament to how people support one another. Um, just watching the community grow onto um, a social media platform, I guess, um, and just seeing the different conversations that have different sorts of webs of how they intersect is a tangential answer. You talked a little bit about
0: radio and it made me think about the first radio station that I ever super fell in love with, which I still listen to online, and that is WFMU. It's a freeform radio station out of Jersey City. And it I had some times in my early 20s living at home because my mom was ill. And New Jersey is such a weird place. It never really felt like home to me. So I listened to WFMU a lot and just something about, I don't know what it is about the radio that it can be like a friend, like hearing somebody else having a weird show on maybe it's soul music on Sundays or it's like, you know, weird noise screamo during the middle of the night, but just hearing somebody else share their weirdness and their creativity made me feel like it was okay for me to be who I was. And it also made me feel less alone. And maybe that's one of the reasons that draws me to put my voice on the radio. I don't know if it, if it makes anyone else feel good to listen to me, but I wonder what thoughts, what uh, any more thoughts you have about radio as the platform that you're using for these conversations.
1: So a little bit of background, I grew up in a really small rural coastal village, Mendocino and it's in the Redwoods. And there's, especially during the time when we were living there, climate change has kind of changed the temperament but there is a lot of storms. And um, so we didn't have a TV, we had the radio and it was this local station that was a lifeline. Like it would play NPR. Mendo is kind of known for its weed culture. And to be honest, there isn't a police presence there. So when the sheriff was coming to town every two weeks, they would kind of announce that there was a flyover in the area for people that were growing. And so I didn't know that the radio wasn't such a massive part of um, kind of the normal world because it was a complete part of um our familial world, listening to Garrison Keillor on Saturday nights, an amazing storyteller, um, fresh air in the morning with Terry Gross. And so um, that's actually how I heard about 9-11 was I was getting ready for school and the broadcast came over um, the FM with Bob Edwards. And we thought that it was some bizarre kind of movie plot or something, and then realizing that it was real and kind of following it in real time through the airwaves was one of a memory that I'll always, always have and remember. And so it's been a lifelong love affair. I think there's something so comforting about um, the vulnerability of how radio, in terms of storytelling, how the medium exists and offers um, a very sensory sort of form of expression and I mean, Terry Edwards, Terry Gross Fresh Air. I had no idea what she looked like for years, for years of listening to her show. And she's someone I look up to um, immensely. And just like, I had no idea what she looked like, never really thought about it. I saw a cover of her book and was like, oh, you know, that puts it together. But radio really allows... Your mind to cultivate new ways of taking in information. And so I've always loved that part about it. I'm obviously a nerd about it and get really jazzed on it. And in terms of KDUR, um, I can specifically remember a DJ, Benjamin K, Ben K, um, that had a Friday afternoon show that was like funk and house. And it was just like, it was such a good way to learn the geographic landscape of Durango with kind of the parallel of these like hardcore house beats. And so, I don't know, it was a unique experience and certainly my first impression of KDR. And so little did I know when I was listening to that show a few years before I moved here, that it would become a really big part of um, the lens in which I kind of inextricably view the, the Four Corners in the Southwest.
0: One thing that we agreed that we would spend a few minutes talking about on the show is, given recent events about the chief statue, which some people are referring to a mascot, I know that it has been addressed on your show, and it really honestly, is the number one reason why I knew I needed to reach out to you and meet you because it takes some guts to be in this conversation right now. I wish I could say that more people were out front and center with it, but there's really, I think, just a few people who have to take on continuing the burden of this conversation right now because there's been a lot of resistance to removing this statue And I don't wanna put you too much on the spot, but I wonder if you could just speak specifically to why you chose to make Four Corners Art Forum one of the platforms for this conversation, why it fits within an arts conversation. Um, Some people would say, that's just a statue and it's not important and no one should really bother or
1: care. I love the question. It is definitely a conversation that as soon as I became aware specifically of the work of Trini Collins surrounding um, the history of the statue and did some research into what had been reported on and some narrative around um, both the history of the statue and the history of the conversation surrounding the statue, I knew that it was relevant to bring up um, because this issue, the symbol of the chief and the surrounding um, hurt that it's caused, the racism of how it exists and perpetuates stereotypes and colonizing ideals, has no place in our community. And the show 4CAP has been on air for 20 years. So it's seen a lot of different shifts and this feels like real time needs to be addressed. Um, The chief needs to be removed. I think I've been pretty strong in that viewpoint because um, listening to the surrounding conversation of the damage and the perceptions of how it, Um, has ignored the voice of our collective community is is something that seems um, really imbalanced. And I do call on Tohattan to enter the conversation without fear, because that's what we're here to do is to really build equity and to um, specifically call out systems that are oppressive because art is progressive, you know, it's very much a thought provoking exercise of how we can expand our community, how we can be more inclusive, how we can be more diverse, how we can address what's going on in our culture and what our collective is saying is important. And it's, you know, I feel like Tohattan Gallery is completely been non-responsive or has really worked to silence those voices but I can assure you that the conversations that are being had are progressive and are very much addressing um, a very real part of Durango's history that demands attention you know we can't be complacent about it so it feels like um, Four Corners art is a forum for ideas to be expressed. And um, I would welcome Tohattan Gallery explaining their viewpoint. Um, I've heard it, you know, I think that a very real part of the story that may not be as well known is that there has been funding raised by an anonymous donor to replace the statue, to highlight an indigenous artist, and to change the grotesque history that statue has of um oppressing and being a pretty patronizing mascot in our downtown and so i'm really in it for the long haul to amplify voices that are um continuing the expansion of the conversation and so um yeah i'm thankful for the forum that of how it exists um and not that i'm neutral because i'm obviously not i've told you my opinion on it but i do believe that an overriding lens of the show is to highlight the different sides and the different um, polarities within our community because hopefully somewhere in the spectrum of these stories of the conversations of what's going on with the history hopefully we find more unity. And sometimes you have to break down and kind of disseminate those pieces before coming back together. Sometimes you don't come back together at all how you thought you would. Um, And that relates to this issue because we're now in a really um, strong point of having the information out, both the research that's been done, the history of Tohotan's lack of response, and um, some honest conversations about what we're really advocating for in the Four Corners area in Durango, specifically in the downtown by the continuance of the chief. So OS. it felt, yeah, it just felt too, it felt too real and too right here right now to not address. So yes, had to yeah. jump in.
0: Well, thank you for doing so. And I hope that we can all of those of us who can, can continue to do so to also take some of the pressure off the back of people like Trini, because I know that there's been, I mean, what I would call a lot of pressure, you could say harassment against people who are speaking about this. Um, It sounds like you spent some time in Santa Fe, which is another connection that I have. I went to college in Santa Fe, and I was thinking when you were talking to you interviewed me about being a DEI specialist and what that's like to do that. Part of what I noticed from hosting conversations about anti-racism and equity is that just like with teaching, teaching any subject could be like this. It's like, whoa, wait a second. I thought I knew what the 101 of this conversation is. And actually we need to go back to establish some kind of common ground. A lot of times things that we think are obvious, people are lacking context or information. And I was thinking about Santa Fe and having the opportunity to live in the same city as um, so many indigenous artists and and IAIA is there. And there's such a great museum that they have of student work, contemporary indigenous artists. There's so many cool things that I've seen there over the years that are consciously working with how and why native mascots have hurt people and been harmful and and everything that is represented in those images and parsing that out in art. But yeah, I guess um, maybe it is something that we just need to continue discussing and provide community education around. Because some people think that an image, it doesn't necessarily matter or have a value, like why wouldn't she just get over it is some of what I have heard is the counter argument to taking the statue down. Um, But I know Tirza Camacho has said this and I completely agree. I think that what the public images are that we have in It's downtown, that's our public square, that's our communal space that we share as a community. Those images really do matter and have an effect on the people walking around in that community. So it's actually a public health issue.
1: Absolutely, yeah. It's very much related to mental health and to wellness and perception and we're visual creatures and symbolism is as old as time and how we perceive the world is through these visual cues. So when we're allowing things that show oppression in our communities, we're saying that we're okay with that part of history, which Santa Fe is a great example of rewriting the narrative there for 400 years was an obelisk in the center of downtown Santa Fe that portrayed very racist imagery that indigenous and surrounding communities were saying, this is harmful. This is a part of our story. That's very painful. Um, it hurts our sense of identity that this persists in our downtown. And so, um, throughout years of empty promises of its removal, the people took to the, um, Plaza, the center of downtown Santa Fe, and said no more and toppled it, and it's now been removed. Um, And during that process, it was very much a spiritual exploration into prayer, into drum circles, into um, circle conversations of what community looks like, and some reclamation of equity, um, and some reclamation of wronging rights. And I think a lot of times in you know, communities, we feel like, um, the easiest thing is to maybe distract ourselves or to offer all the different opposing reasons of why it can't happen, but it can happen. Change can definitely happen, but conversation is needed and not being afraid of conversation and not being afraid to apologize. Like if apologies really only can empower and make us stronger. um, but silencing is not the answer. And I think a big part of what's been troublesome in Durango is the lack of conversation surrounding a public forum, the city addressing the issue um, and also really recognizing that persons that are advocating for its removal are also creative artists themselves. Um, Trani is a documentarian and a strong writer and a very central part of four borderless corners and how the group exists with artists and creatives coming together to have real conversations of what the future of this community looks like. And so um, it's just a part of really opening um, our, our methods of how we talk about the issues, the platforms in which they're held and to have some honest talks and dialogue about where we envision um you know our how we how we envision our legacy. I think that's a very important part of communities addressing and looking at not only where we are but looking looking forward with the lens of equity. So absolutely
0: put yeah, thank you so much for speaking to that. And just as you're pointing to, it it does deserve to be said, we can have this conversation here on KDUR because we don't have a boss who's controlling what we say. Lickett and John will pretty much let us put whatever we want on the radio. And that did not prove to be the case for the Durango Art Center or the Durango Creative District who agreed to host a conversation about the chief. I know that There's a lot of other people in our community because we're small and just different reasons who don't have the opportunity to actually speak their mind about this issue or various others. And that's why we're here, to keep conversations going. I really appreciate you. It was so much fun to interview you and I'm just so glad that you're here doing what you do and part of our community. If there's a book in two or three years, I want to read it. Is there anything else you want to share? Just taking a few minutes to share anything about Four Corners Art Forum or something else you have going on that you want KDUR listeners to know?
1: Thank you so much for the space to have the conversation. And yeah, advocating for some discomfort. I would really urge anyone that's uncomfortable with the conversation surrounding the chief to imagine how uncomfortable um, take that feeling of discomfort and imagine a group of persons that are uncomfortable every time they're in downtown. So let's let's get real with our feelings. And Four Corners Art um, may be found on Instagram. The handle is four as in the number, Corners Art. Um, my personal work is on my website, Kristen Alexandria. Um, I work a lot with ancestral patterns as an Egyptian artist. So that's where you can find more about my personal narrative. And I really appreciate the opportunity to give some background into where we are with um today and our mutual love of radio and advocacy. It's been so much fun to share together. You have been listening to Off
0: the Rim. This is Debbie on KDUR 91.9 FM and 93.9 FM, also streaming on KDUR.org. This is a show for anyone in the Skyhawk community who has something to say. So if you want to come on the show, make sure you hit me up. You can email me at Debbie Higgs. That's Debbie H-I-G-G-S at r m. TBS